things have gone great. Haven't you heard? Kansas City is free. Where is Henry? He told me to forgive. But where is the justice in that? It ends the way it ends. Welcome to the Strange Harbors podcast, a weekly discussion of film, television, and pop culture. My name is Jeff Zhang, and tonight I'm joined by... Amir Ture. And Eric Wong. So this week we are resuming our coverage of HBO's The Last of Us, discussing episodes four and five of the first season titled, Please Hold to My Hand and Endure and Survive, respectively. So I think the timing of our discussion is pretty great because... These two episodes form a nice little mini arc, which introduces us to a new character that I believe, let me know if I'm right, is a creation of the series and is not in the game. Right, Derek? Is that correct? Yes. The character of Kathleen, played by Melanie Linsky, who we last saw on the pod in our Yellow Jackets episode. Episodes four and five, they were both written by showrunner Craig Mazin. So these two episodes are actually pretty light on plot, and they flow into one another pretty seamlessly. So I was thinking I'd just give like a quick rundown of the two episodes and get right into our thoughts. What do you guys think? Yeah. Yeah, I was going to suggest the same thing, that these two seem to be like of a piece. So I think instead of trying to break down one versus the other, I think it really would benefit us to talk about both of them as a whole. Yeah. So... This one takes place right after the events of episode three. Joel and Ellie decide to try and find Joel's brother, Tommy, and they travel through Kansas City in Missouri when they're waylaid by some bandits whom Joel kills. And the bandits, it turns out, are a part of a rebel group led by a woman named Kathleen, uh, like we said, played by Melanie Linsky. We don't really find out the full details of her backstory until episode five, but She's the leader of a resistance group that has, is this correct? They've successfully overthrown the Kansas City Fedra, right? Yes. Yeah. Kansas City branch of Fedra, which we're told was an oppressive occupation that tortured and murdered its citizens. So she is at odds with, at first for unknown reasons, with someone named Henry and his brother Sam, both of whom her and her rebels are trying to hunt down. And now that Joel has killed a bunch of her men, she believes that he, along with Ellie, are in cahoots with Henry. So these two episodes play out this whole arc with Kathleen in Kansas City and Joel and Ellie's relationship with Henry and Sam, who, as I take it, are a part of the game, correct? Yes. So now that we got the summary out of the way, what do you guys think of the two episodes? Having said that we should talk about them separately, I do think part of our discussion is going to be geared toward the episode four versus episode five. I did like episode five a little bit more. I thought episode four was a little bit, the pieces hadn't locked in with Kathleen yet for me. Totally agree. And I didn't really enjoy that part of that story in episode four. What I did really like about episode four, though, was the building, the connection between Ellie and Joel, right? And I think this has been a a criticism of this show. I know that Vamir's already talked about and definitely something I've been feeling is that we haven't really gotten to the nitty gritty of this relationship yet, right? And, you know, the first two episodes was the Anna Torv test story. And then like episode three was a really big diversion, right? It was Bill and Frank. Everyone loved that episode, but it wasn't, 
you know, anything revolving around our main characters. It was like these two side characters. So I think episode four had a lot riding on its shoulders to kind of start establishing this relationship between Ellie and Joel. And I, I do really like what they've given us so far in episodes four and five. Yeah, uh, I thought the tension build up with the bandits and the shootout, the action was great. Like you said, I liked the building of the relationship between our two main characters, which has been kind of sorely lacking until now. But I totally agree. I think five is definitely stronger than four. I have big issues with the Kathleen character Mm -hmm. and how they decided to play this whole thing out. I think we'll get more into that the further we go along uh, covering these two episodes. But Amir, what did you think? I wanted to first say congrats to Kansas City on winning the Super Bowl. It's a shame it ends (laughs) up the way it does. Oh, yeah, that's right. It's a shame their city turns out the way it does in this uh, awful alternate future. Well, Um, in that alternate future, they did not win this Super Bowl. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, I agree with you guys. I thought five was a little better than four. Four was was starting to lose me a little bit. I I Mm. thought it was a little boring. I I liked the um, ambush scene. Mm -hmm. Yes. But much of the rest of it didn't super work for me. I didn't find myself exactly riveted. I do think that – Henry and Sam definitely added to the proceedings in five, and I was a little more invested once they joined the group. Well, that's saying a lot, though, isn't it, Amir? And not to say to put words in your mouth, but like it seems like you're finding the Ellie Joel stuff not as compelling in four, but then when they bring in again, bring again. again, bringing new characters in, that's when it starts to become compelling. It, it revitalizes it. Yeah, I, I think so. You know, I was ready to sort of write the episode off. And then the ending got me right back in with uh, that little stupid cliffhanger of them pointing their guns at Joel and Ellie. And I was like, oh, all right, they got me. I'm back in. Let's see five. <laughs> yeah, I agree with you guys. Four is definitely weaker than five, certainly weaker than three. We still haven't seen the Joel-Ellie relationship take off enough to really carry the show on its own. Mm-hmm. I do like some of the more tender parts of episode four. Like, I like when they were out in the forest, like even before they got to Kansas City, right, where – she starts putting this idea of, well, are we going to be safe? Joe is like foregoing sleep to, you know, basically protect them. Mm-hmm. The moment inside the bar where he shows her how to hold the gun. He now trusts her with a gun. And this is something that's taken straight from the game is the joke book. The kind of silliness from Ellie and like her love of puns. That is definitely taken from the games. That really worked for me too. And yeah, By the end cute. of the episode. I like yeah. that. Yeah, he finally breaks down and laughs at one of these jokes, right? I mean, by the end of the episode, I was laughing at that dumb joke too. Uh, I thought it was pretty <laughs> funny. Again, Henry and Sam are two big characters from the game, and much of their story plays out very similar to what has happened in the show. So, in the games, it isn't Kansas City. Most of this takes place in Pittsburgh, Mm. but it's very much in the same way. That ambush is taken straight from the game. The idea that they have to go underground and they find this whole other community is from the game. What happens to Sam where he gets bit and then Henry has to kill him and then can't deal with that trauma and kills himself by the end of the episode. All that is taken straight from the game. So in this stretch of the game, are the antagonists just faceless bandit goons and stuff or? Yes. Okay. So they added like a figurehead with Kathleen, right? Yes. They kind of try to humanize the enemy a little bit. Okay. That's where my big issue with these two episodes is. And Mm -hmm. as much as I love Melanie Linsky, I think she's a fantastic actress. I think she's really, really good. The Kathleen character just doesn't do it for me. I think there's a lot of telling rather than showing Mm -hmm. in regards to her character. 
And I think the point of these two episodes, and I think the showrunners have been talking about this, is like, there are no good guys and bad guys in the apocalypse. They try to play a lot of these morally gray areas. So it turns out that Kathleen's Rebellion had this charismatic leader within it who is also her brother. And what happens is that Henry and Sam, so this is why she has like a huge vendetta against Henry and Sam. Henry and Sam sold out her brother to Fedra for leukemia drugs for Sam. Mm -hmm. He was killed. And that is why Kathleen has such like a raging heart on to kill Henry and Sam. I get what they're doing where they're trying to make everyone have shades of gray. But the thing is that Henry and Sam are coded as people you're supposed to have sympathy for. And Kathleen is coded like an antagonist, right? Mm -hmm. They put the finger on the scale. She has good points. But then they make her, like, kind of a psycho to make you side against her. So, like, I watch a lot of, like, reaction videos of people reacting to the episodes. All the ones that I watch of episode five were, you know, like, the big action set piece with the zombies crawling out of the ground. And at the end, Kathleen gets killed. They're all like, fuck yeah, fuck her, she's dead. (laughs) That's not what they're trying to go for. I feel like they're trying to make her, like, a little more sympathetic. But... When all the reactions are like, good, she's dead, I feel like that's not what you're trying to do. You get a little bit of, like, the Flag Smashers syndrome from Falcon Mm -hmm. and the Winter Soldier. You know what I mean? I'm curious, Amir, like, your side, like, what did you think of the whole Kathleen character also? Um, So, I watched this episode pretty late, and so... Mm I was already clued into the people that there was this Kathleen character and people hated her. I think because of that, I was like, all right, she's all right. She wasn't at all compelling, but I didn't mm-hmm. like hate her. I, I think she wasn't evil enough to be a good antagonist and wasn't compelling enough to be a good compelling villain or anti-hero, right? I agree. I didn't share the hate that a lot of people had for so, her. Like, she wasn't evil enough for me to go like, ooh, what a good villain. And then she wasn't good enough for you to go, oh, wow, I really sympathize with this character. She got dealt a fucked up hand at the apocalypse. It was yeah. just all very meh. It felt a little sort of paint by numbers, very thin. Um, I mean, I guess she was concocted out of thin air, but it did feel thin. I'm not surprised that she's not from the game. Yeah. That said, I do think it was smart that they did have a Kathleen-type character to tie the whole plot together. Mm-hmm. I do wonder if just random bandits wouldn't have been sort of boring in its own way. Yeah, that could have been almost paint by numbers in a different way, right? Like these nameless bandits that are just evil for the sake of evil and like putting something in their way. Mm -hmm. Like in a game setting that works a little bit better because, you know, you need an enemy. And sometimes you don't want to know who you're killing because then it just makes it harder for you to kill those people. But I completely agree with you guys. I think the Kathleen character, as much as I do love Melanie Linsky as an actress, this character doesn't really work for me. I mostly agree that they're really trying to play this kind of moral gray area, but then she, like you said, is coded very evil, you know, especially like it's really trying to hammer it down at the end when she's like, fuck kids, who cares about kids, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah kids should die. I'm like, oh, okay, I, I get it. I get it now. <laughs> and especially when Henry and Sam are so sympathetic, right? Like Henry saying like, oh, I'm a collaborator or whatever. And they're mm-hmm. trying to paint that like a, such a bad thing. But then it's like, oh, I collaborated to get like leukemia drugs for my kid mm-hmm. brother. So like, yeah. how can you like possibly really view that as gray? I don't know. One of the things I thought was kind of strange was when Joel reacts so vehemently at first to working with Henry because he's a collaborator. He's like, oh, I don't work with rats or whatever. 
but you do. But he's a fucking, yeah, so I like, was like a little surprised at that. I was like, I didn't realize Joel had such strict, I don't know, anti-rat principles. And I didn't realize being a collaborator was so bad. I guess Fedra really is just this evil fascist Nazi government. It's okay to sell drugs to Fedra. It's not okay to rat out. Right? Because like he was working with that Fedra guard in the first episode. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, I thought that was funny. I mean, I will say that in the end, though, like the Melanie Linsky character, it's funny. I want to bring this back to our conversation last time and you know that article you pointed us to jeff the what we lost because of the change to the frank character uh-huh wait what the article that jeff shared with us last week basically saying that you lost something that was crucial for the character of ellie that relationship she had with bill in the game is lost because they never really meet right like he's mm-hmm. dead before she ever meets him in the show the person who wrote the article basically said like oh because you changed that you've essentially kind of changed something in Ellie or you've changed Ellie's ability to take this lesson from Bill. But the interesting thing is that now that same lesson, I think you can take from the Melanie Linsky character. They've taken away something from Bill and given it to this character. So to make it explicit, so the lesson of like the Bill from the game was like a bitter, revenge-obsessed, survivalist psycho. Whereas like the Bill we got in the show was a loving, devoted partner, right? And so like he served as a warning in the games to Ellie to not go down like the path of vengeance or whatever. Essentially. And you think that Melody Linsky's character is what happens when you go too far down that path. That's interesting. Yes. I guess. But I don't think she like loses it all because she's like too obsessed with vengeance or whatever. It's just like a dance ex machina. It's just like, oh. There's a bunch of zombies under the ground, and they all burst up and save everybody, yay. No, because specifically there's that line from Perry's character, right? He was like, run and hide. But she doesn't. She does the exact opposite. Yeah, she true. goes mm. after Henry and Sam. She continues chasing them. Yeah, that yeah. is her downfall, right? Yeah. Yeah, okay. I think the difference still is that Bill is a good character, and then yes, Kathleen is not such not. a great character, you know? So I wanted to float this idea where... I think this show would have been more interesting as like an anthology series, not centered around Joel and Ellie. And you have Joel and Ellie come in and out of these stories because there's obviously these things that they want to do. And then this whole thing with Kathleen would have been way more powerful if they actually showed her struggling with the resistance and taking down Fedra. I mean, obviously, it's a 10 episode season, right? So you can't really show all these things. But like, What if you did? What if you had room to tell the story of Kathleen, how charismatic her brother was and all that stuff? And the betrayal of, yeah. And the betrayal and, like, really sell what the showrunners are going for where, like, there are no good or bad guys in the apocalypse, right? You would actually feel something when Joel and Ellie came along and triggered this whole episode five thing where her ultimate downfall is going after Henry and Sam, who actually are responsible for her brother's death. That would have maybe made things a lot better. I would argue they kind of have the time, too, in that they managed to make a compelling episode out of Bill Bill and Frank Frank in one episode. Yes, it was an extra long episode, but they made you like like and care about these characters in a very short time frame. And I feel Mm -hmm. like they could have done the same with Melanie Linsky's character if they had sort of tried. But I guess what you're saying is they didn't have the time to do both that and have the Joel and Ellie stuff. Yeah. Which I guess kind of makes sense, right? Because Joel and Ellie really aren't in three at all in order to get the time to develop those characters. But you've got two episodes, four and five. And four is a really short one. So maybe mm-hmm. four and five can 
both be a little longer and buys you the time to tell that story. Episode three is practically movie length, right? Mm-hmm. And like movies have to kind of act very economically to set up these characters and introduce you to them and get you invested in like a very short time period, right? You've got anywhere between 90 minutes and I don't know, three hours based on modern movies. But, you know, traditionally you had what, like 90 minutes to 120 minutes to do the whole thing, right? And uh, there's no reason you uh, you couldn't do the same thing with these plot lines if it was done right. So I, I'm kind of agreeing with you here. I think they could have done what you're talking about if that was their... Like, give episode four to Kathleen, and then, like, five is a combination of four and five that we have right now. Kind Something of. Like Sam that. Henry would have yes. been the fifth episode. Yeah, yeah. Or the end of four would be... Henry and Sam selling out Kathleen's brother or something like that, you know? We would have to jump back in time a little bit, you're saying? Yeah. And another thing is, like, I don't really give a shit about how evil Fedra is because they're just, like, a faceless entity that looms over the show. They haven't really shown anything that Fedra has actually done, right? Like, I want to see the hardships of Kathleen, like, rising up against Fedra, like, that would make her struggle real to me. All this stuff shown in episodes four and five, it's all exposition to me right now, you know? Right. And, and you see Kathleen and her people being evil. You never actually see Fedra being evil. So it's like, right. again, like you said, the thumbs on the scale against Kathleen. And- yeah. Uh, yeah, I think the idea is actually, that's a pretty interesting one, Jeff, like the idea. Because yeah. the game is not set up like that because it's always, you're always, right, of course, like, you're playing as Joel and Joel. Ellie. Yeah, Ellie, yeah, yeah. The whole yeah. game. But it could have led to something like you're saying, just because the game is set up in a way that you are traveling along and moving along to different cities, different times, and you are like meeting these people along the way. So like it, it could have lent itself to something that you're kind of saying, which is interesting. Yeah, I'm sure there are going to be other characters that are just as compelling where you can do like standalone episodes within this world with. I know we had Tess. I know Tommy's going to be a character. So... I don't know. I feel like people would get mad, like, a last of a show that doesn't focus on Joel and Ellie. I don't think it realistically ever could have happened, but Mm -hmm. the way that they're structuring these episodes and telling the story, it makes me feel like that might just be a little better. I don't know. You know what I Mm -hmm. mean? Okay, but here's the question. Is all of this just another way of saying you want a show without as much Joel and Ellie because Joel and Ellie aren't good? I don't agree with that, though, because I do think Joel and Ellie are good, but... I don't know. I just feel like the strength of the Bill and Frank character plus how they kind of botched the Kathleen character make me, I don't know, you want a different a show structure. With yeah. and Ellie. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay, let me ask you guys this then. Did the Sam and Henry character work for you guys? Yeah. They mostly I so. did. They I mostly, they mostly did. worked. Okay, but I would argue that it mostly works because it's in relation to Joel and Ellie though, right? Like, you know what I mean? If it was just Sam and Henry... And you took right. out the Joel and Ellie of this episode. Like, at least my favorite element was the relationship between, like, Sam and Ellie. I agree, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. The kid stuff that we got in that little community, the end in the motel, like, all of that stuff was my favorite stuff. Yeah, I'd agree with all of that. Absolutely. Yeah. I am curious, what'd you guys think about that little community that we found underground? Well, like, the remnants of the underground community? Yeah, yeah. It's like a fucking vault from Fallout or some shit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was cool. It was creepy, right? To see yeah. this, like, desolate remnant of a civilization that used to live down there. It's pretty cool. And I, I like that they never really tell you what happened to them. Yeah. I, I thought it was creepy. I thought it was effectively creepy. Yeah. And just to give some context, that is from the game. Like, there's a little <laughs> a moment where, like, Joel looks at, like, a drawing of our protectors, Robbie and Ish, 
I don't remember the other name, but like Ish is the character's name. Well, this is like another instance where you find out the story through collectibles you find. Because mm-hmm. you never meet anyone from this community. It's just letters and stuff that are left behind about like this guy named Ish who helps to save some people and then they form a community underground. And then you kind of like this show, find this community after everyone's been killed or have been chased away and you don't really know what happens to them. You just know that they were down here for a little bit and then it failed and they had to escape and some of them did die. I also like building up the suspense of whether the tunnels were actually like clear Mm -hmm. of the zombies or not. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like schrodinger's zombie tunnel or something (laughs) you don't know if it's actually full of zombies or not um that whole ending action sequence in episode five is just fantastic i think that's really really good let's talk about a little bit Um, all the zombies bubbling up from the ground and stuff like that yeah Yeah. popping out of the ground like daisies (laughs) yeah yeah like fungus no (laughs) Uh, but yeah no like after we get out of this little underground community right or a little bunker they end up in the residential area This is also very much inspired from the game. There is a moment in the game where you are sniped at in a neighborhood and like you as Joel have to get around and get behind the guy and kill him. Very much like the games, but not. It isn't this old guy who's just bad at shooting you like i'm always a big fan of sniping sequences in games i think that's always fun i do love how joel calls him i was like yeah this guy's shit dude i got it like i'll get, <laughs> yeah. I'll get behind him very fucking full metal jacket yeah fucking sniper although i guess it's an old man instead of a kid but i don't know what made me think of that yeah I mean, this guy's just a diversion, right? Kathleen catches up to them. And the moment Joel snipes the driver of the truck, I thought was really cool and like crashes into the house. That's from the game too. And then it was teased in episode four, right? There's like this crater that's starting to form. Yeah, and it was like, like moving. It's like moving yeah, underground. Yeah, yeah. And then, of course, you know, we find out what that is, which is this huge horde of infected that is accompanied by what is called in the game a bloater. A big boy. I love the design of that guy. He was so cool. Again, this is kind of taken straight from the game. So my assumption the last time we talked about Last of Us was like, you know, there is a zombie that takes spores off of its body and like throws it at you. That's what this is. It's a bloater, right? Mm, But he didn't really do that here, right? But he didn't do that here. They've definitely committed to getting rid of the mask. So like I'm a little... A little sad about uh, that. Okay. <laughs> like, yeah, this was really cool. Like, it's basically a tank, right? It's a bullet sponge, but uh, hopefully, Jeff, it didn't feel like a boss fight. Hopefully. It didn't. Well, they didn't kill it, right? Yeah, I don't they think don't they kill, kill it. it. Yeah, nope, yeah. They definitely don't kill it. Perry kind of goes out like a chump. I thought Perry was such a cool character because he had, like, that mm-hmm. giant beard and he's got, like, all the armor on. And I thought he would be, like, Kathleen's heavy for just a little bit longer, but he gets taken out by that bloater real quick. He gets his head yeah. ripped off, like clean off by that bloater. It's pretty gruesome. Just a little tidbit. I mean, that is played by Jeffrey Pierce, who in the game plays the original Tommy or voices the original Tommy. Oh, oh cool. interesting. And the way he gets his head ripped off. So like in the game, you know, it's a video game, right? Like if you die, you just start over, right? From a checkpoint uh-huh. or whatever. And that oh, is one okay. of the yeah, yeah. That is one this. of the ways you die in the game, right? If you get caught by a bloater, it starts to rip you from your mouth. It takes its finger in your mouth and it starts to rip your head off. You never actually see it happen, but like It's like one of Joel's death animations or whatever. Yes. Yeah, okay. Yes. Oh, so like cool. when I saw that, I was like, hell yeah, that's fucking <laughs> awesome. <laughs> that we kind of get a little hint of the game, but in a very cool, cool way. That is a whole new character played by Jeffrey Pierce, but it's cool that they brought one of the game actors into the show. Yeah, I'm glad they're throwing the game actors a couple bones, you know. I think uh yeah. that's pretty neat. So I wanted to ask you, Derek, so like mm-hmm. Is there, like, a progression? I know we talked about, like, from the infected to the clickers. So, is, like, the bloater, like, the progression from a clicker where, like, 
even more fungus is growing on them and it becomes like this giant hulking fungus zombie is that what that is or basically yeah this is like in the last of us part one this is kind of the last evolution i think you see in that particular game Mm. where you know it has the same thing like the spores have grown out of its head to create that clicker aesthetic but then Uh also like the spores have basically covered its body and created like a body armor around it and that's why it's really hard to kill in the game and we saw that he wasn't able to be killed in the show, right? So, yes, your assessment is right. Mm. He's further along than the clicker. I don't know. Maybe just because we, all we got was him just ripping that guy's head off, which is cool. But it, he wasn't as cool as the clickers were to me. The clickers were like this super creepy, like interesting design. And they were like doing their little clicking and stuff. And I just thought they were really cool. And I really liked that fight scene. This fight scene didn't do as much for me. I know you guys were saying you really liked it. But it He's just a big boy, right? It <laughs> did a lot for me. Well, not just him, but the whole thing. I don't know. I mean, I know it was set up in episode four. And it was supposed to be like, oh, the zombies aren't lying and waiting. They're going to bubble out any minute now. But the fact that they, I don't know, bubble up almost like, it almost seems like they do so exclusively to just save the protagonist from mm. yeah, Kathleen. The DSX, just yeah. feels really like just bad. Yeah. yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. And I know Sam gets bitten and Convenient. stuff. But it's just very like, I was like, this is what you bring the fungus zombies back for? Like, it just felt very, ugh. And I, I know it was, so again, supposed to be another aspect of Kathleen's, like, short-sightedness coming back to better in the ass, right? Because in episode four, yeah. she ignores the zombies, you know, in order to continue chasing, Henry and you Sam. know, Henry and Sam. Yeah. But it didn't sit so right with me. And I, I just, as far as zombie action sequences, I really liked the clickers in the museum a lot more. Yeah, yeah. I would say that that was a highlight, too. Yeah. Uh, I'll say, I'll push back a little bit. Okay, so in the games, you never see this many infected at once, right? Like. Oh, that's You cool. understand now why they're so menacing. This is like World War Z kind of like zombies, right? The amount of zombies that are coming out of this hole and overtaking this army that it's fully armed. You know, you kind of understand like how this infection is wiped out the world. So I thought that was a really cool aspect of that. Well, we got a glimpse of that in episode two, right? When yes, uh, yes. Tess dies. So we yes. never see anything like that in the games, where it's like a horde of them. I mean, you think about this game in like 2000, what, I think it originally came out in 2013. So I mm. think probably like the limitations of the game might have creeped up a little bit. Because you do see a little bit more in like the second game, but it was never about the amount. It's just, it, you always get put in a situation where it, you have to use strategy to win against whatever you're facing, right? It's not necessarily about holding out against a ton of infected, mm. so... This is kind of cool that it's a little bit different, right? It's definitely more like zombie movie-like, like I said, more like World War Z 20 days later kind of feel to that. I do want to shout out like Jeremy Webb's direction on these two episodes, um, mm-hmm. especially in episode five. I think like the big action set piece at the end, it takes place at night, but I thought the geography was clear. You could tell what was going mm-hmm. on, yeah. where each character was. Uh, I think that's really hard to pull off. That's very true. And they even made some interesting, fun choices in the fight with Ellie jumping into that van and running for that child infected inside yes. the van and stuff. That's all yeah, really good. Yeah. That stuff is really good. Yeah. There's so many different characters in different places, Moving but pieces. I was never confused. Like Joel's sniping, yeah, Ellie's one yeah, place. Exactly. Yeah, Sam and Henry's are another place, then there's Melanie Linsky and her heavy and all the Yeah, you're yeah. right. Yeah. You're right. Credit where credit is due. I was was banging on the scene earlier, but that's all very true. It's very, very clear. Yeah. After seeing Quantumania, I have a newfound appreciation for (laughs) stuff that doesn't look like ass. Wow, okay. I do really like the clicker scene that we got in episode two, but I do really like the action, especially the Joel sniping and kind of like working alongside 
Ellie, right? You really clearly understand like where Joel's eyes are going and how he sees Ellie going towards the car and is like, okay, I know where she's going. So I'm going to protect her when she's heading towards helping uh, Henry and Sam. I love he's sniping snobbies like that are in her way. Yeah, he's very perceptive. I like that. That was good. Yeah, yeah I, agree. I really like that. I agree. And dude, the child clicker is... I don't remember in the game running into a child clicker. So, like, that is another crazy thing. So, is the one that kills Kathleen the same one as the one in the yes, car? I, I, yes, I think right? so. Yeah. Yes, yes. And the way it was contorting through the mm-hmm. van was yeah. also really cool. Yeah, absolutely. I really, really liked it. did like the child clicker here. Kind of turning me on that. Yeah. Nice little bit of horror. So Joel and Ellie, right? I do think they're fleshing out that relationship and it's growing a little bit, especially in these last two episodes. But I think what they want it, well, maybe not what they want it to be, but I mean, you know, it's it's, it's a lone wolf and cub thing. It's a, I don't know, for an example, like maybe everyone's seen is, uh, it's Arya and the Hound, right? Mm-hmm, kind From of, From Game yeah. of Thrones. Mm-hmm. That's kind mm-hmm. of the vibe. But this five episodes in is nowhere near as good as that. And that was like, a third string mm. plot that you okay, see in yeah. snippets over a couple of different episodes in a season, right? Do you see what mm-hmm. I'm saying? Like, and that bond seemed, I don't know. I just, I got a lot more from just from that than I'm getting from this. Uh, I don't know. Do you guys agree or? I don't know. I think there's more of an edge to the Arya slash hound relationship just because it's more antagonistic between the two than. Absolutely. Yeah. Joel and Ellie, which I think by default, is more interesting. I mean, the Hound is kind of a huge prick. Uh, I mean, Joel is kind of too, but not as much. So I think the Arya-Hound relationship has that leg up on this, at least. But I don't know. We'll see. I mean, Game of Thrones also had more time to, I think, flesh out both characters before putting them together. All right. Like, what season was that when they got together? Was that? It's either three or four, right? Or three or four? Question, is it before the Red Wedding or is it after the No, it's Red after. Wedding? It's after. It's post So it would have been Red four. Wedding. Then it would have been four. Yeah. So it's a little unfair to like compare them that way, I think. But I don't know. I mean, we've had five episodes. One was completely devoid of them. And then these two had this undercooked Kathleen character. So, I mean, we'll see how the rest of the season goes. What do you think, Derek? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, at this point, it's clearly not working for you, Amir, right? I mean, maybe... Yet. Yeah, let's say yeah. Like, not working yeah. makes it sound as if I, like, hate it or something, which I definitely don't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It just hasn't fully gelled for me. I mean, yeah. I'm curious, as someone who played the games, do you think they're doing the games justice? Is this what the relationship's like? I mean, I think episode four did a lot for me. Okay, it did a uh, lot that's to what I was gonna say. get you up to where... It's getting me there. Like, I don't think if what happens at the end of the game happens next episode, we're not there yet, right? But we do still have, like, I think four more episodes after this. So there is still some less than, you know, half a season of runway to go. Yeah. At the top of this episode, I said I did really like episode four a lot in terms of, like, building their relationship. Like, finally kind of starting that. Yeah. They do get a lot of it. Uh, I think the writers were very mindful, I think, of finally getting really solid moments between Ellie and Joel. Yeah, I think it's a little uneven, but it's not like for lack of trying, right? Because, you know, having Ellie kill that bandit, I think that was a great sequence too. And Joel and Ellie just talking about Ellie saving his life and using the gun and dig into like Ellie's history a little bit about, I don't know, killing people and stuff. I mean, it's it's good stuff. I think um, it's just been a little uneven so far, but hopefully it'll find a nice little equilibrium where we get more nice Joel and Ellie moments to build up their bond. 
So after this fight, let's get to the moment. I'll speak for other people that have played the game, have been bracing ourselves getting to, which is, you know, the big Sam Henry moment of this episode. Okay, now I see why you can't have the Bill and Frank stuff be like the game and then have this right afterwards. I feel like that would have been too much, maybe. <laughs> yeah. Like, again, the Frank and Bill stuff don't hit like they hit in the show because Frank is not even a character in the yeah, game, yeah, really. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, you know, the Henry and Sam stuff, you know, I have a friend that has also played the game and we've been texting back and forth. He knew exactly what was going to happen, but it still hit him very hard. And it's same for me. Mm. This hit me very hard because, if anything, it works better, I think, in the show than it even does in the game because of the relationship that the creators of the show have made between Sam and Ellie. I really love that motel scene, you know, before they go to sleep, right? Like the... Yeah, and even before then, in like the yeah. underground little yes. uh, community, mm -hmm. the abandoned community, they have their little Bond playing games and stuff. That really worked for me too. That was great. Yeah, I agree. One of the biggest changes to the Sam character is that he's deaf. Oh, is he not deaf in the game? No. To have him having to teach her sign, I think helps to create that bond between them them loving these comics together and like her reading to him that stuff really worked for me and then even just like having to communicate through that etch a sketch pad thing that he has right like i thought that mm -hmm. change to the character really helped to develop that relationship a lot i didn't know that was from the games and, and that's a really really cool slick addition the actor is actually deaf too Kayvon yes. woodard mm -hmm. yeah oh, so i thought that oh, was nice cool. getting a Someone who's actually deaf. It's a nice little touch of representation there. I was going to ask you guys, did you guys watch the Super Bowl? Yes. So I admittedly did not watch the Super Bowl. I don't really care about football. Sorry. <laughs> uh, but I did see some reports after the Super Bowl, and specifically the Super Bowl halftime show, like Rihanna's halftime show. And I guess she had a interpreter, a deaf interpreter that was really lively and animated and was getting a lot of praise for like yeah she was into it i remember she was that. like super into it and like people were loving it i watched an interview with her and how she talked about she was just so proud to be able to be the interpreter herself being you know of african-american descent and like you don't see many african-american deaf interpreters right or even just deaf people on she was TV. deaf or she was just a uh, someone i believe she is also deaf mm. so it kind of made me think about this story like the character of Sam being this young kid who's black and who's also deaf. I don't remember the last time I've seen a character yeah. like this, right? Yeah, he did a great job. Yeah. Playing this character of Sam, you know, especially without saying any words, you know, without mm -hmm. any dialogue. Great silent performance from him. Another change that they do is that Ellie in the game doesn't reveal that she's immune at this moment. Mm. So, like, to have her then cut herself and, like, try to heal him. That's a super cool reveal. Super sad. I'm really interested to see if they reckon with this idea that she thought she was being good in this moment, right? Like, hopefully she could save Sam, right? Mm -hmm. Like, her blood was going to save him and then to not happen. I'm interested to see the kind of the fallout in the next couple of weeks from that. Mm. And then, you know, we get to the next morning and <laughs> Sam is not saved. He has turned. He attacks Ellie. She's struggling. She's calling for help. Joel goes for his weapon, but... Henry gets to it first, basically holds him gunpoint. Hey, don't try to go after my brother. But, you know, like in the moment realizing Ellie really does need help, Henry kills Sam. And then, you know, he starts to realize what did he do? He just killed his brother. Henry's whole purpose is to protect Sam. And in this moment, he's failed at that and can't live with that and takes his own life also. Um, what do you guys think of this moment? I'm curious. It's pretty effective. I mean, for good reason. 
I think all the performances are good. I think Lamar Johnson was great as Henry. Mm-hmm. So I watched like the video game footage in this side by side. And I think the live action kind of blows it out of the water. Just like the real acting on display is kind of uh, head and shoulders above the video game. I mean, like the video game is a gut punch too. But Mm -hmm. I think Lamar Johnson is just so much more expressive than a bunch of like polygons on his screen. Mm -hmm. He really sells the horror on his face that like, oh, what did I do? I killed my own brother, you know? What about you, Amir? Fuck collaborators. I felt nothing. No. (laughs) (laughs) I'm kidding. kidding. I agree with you, Jeff. I do think this was effective. You know, uh, yeah, the acting totally sells it. You totally believe this is a guy who's about to blow his own head off (laughs) in about two seconds. (laughs) He he just, he looks about as horrified as you'd be in that situation. Yeah, I, I do think it's really effective. You're sad to see these characters go. You've bonded with them, I think, over the course of the, you know, just the one little episode you've known them. I think they do grow on you. Yeah. When Joel asks Henry, hey, why don't you come with us? Were you guys then like, oh, fuck, they're dead. It's not going to happen. Yeah, was that ever? Yeah, probably. Did that feel no. like a tip-off to you guys at all? Because I watched it so late, I was already kind of semi-spoiled for everything. Sort oh, okay. Of. I don't know if that's just knowing that the game is just really about the two of them. But I just kind of assumed that anyone who shows up is going to get completely re <laughs> The end of the episode really is not in the game. But I thought it was a really great moment where, you know, they take the time to bury henry and sam and like she writes on his little notepad i'm sorry and then leaves it at his grave but quickly gets up joel is kind of like sitting there contemplating and she's the one who's like hey let's go let's move on and i thought this scene was really effective for me like i think it's really hard to watch essentially like a teenager have to go through this experience of an apocalypse but then also like making this relationship with this friend that she like loses but then so quickly is forced to like just move on right just keep going I thought that all came clearly to me and really effective. Anything else you guys wanted to bring up? Not really, but I do want to say that I would like some more urgency in the main storyline. There's no momentum of like where the story is really going. Like you're going to go find Tommy and you know that Ellie's immune and like she might be the key to finding a cure but it's also, like, opaque to me. It's a little abstract. Yeah, the, well, there's no urgency. You know? They're not on a timer to, like, oh, we've got yeah. to get to Tommy before something bad happens. Or Ellie has to get to wherever they're well, – where are they going? Wyoming or whatever? Wherever they're going. Ellie's got to get to wherever they're going. Or yeah. Joel's going to die of the zombie fungus plague or whatever. Like, there's no timer. They're kind of just wandering, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and things are yeah. sort of happening to them. So I, I get what you're talking about, urgency. Yeah, and it's not even like Fedra is – Really hunting them or something. Like, yeah. Yeah. Or the fireflies are hunting them to try and get Ellie back. There's no real ticking time bomb. There's no clock. They're just kind of wandering. Just road trip across zombie fungus America. <laughs> and it just seems like really the motivation right now is Joel wants to keep his promise, right? Like he promised Tess that he would do this. He would get Ellie to the fireflies. And yeah, beyond that, there really is no, like you said, timeline, right? Like it could happen in 20 years. He would technically still keep his promise, right? So it's like... What you're saying is correct. There is no kind of like pressing issue. Yeah. So again, I think this anthology idea might not be a bad one, you know, because like for three episodes in a row, we've got standalone stories, you know, Kathleen in episodes four and five, along with Henry and Sam, and then Bill and Frank in episode three. So I've been watching this show on Peacock called uh, Poker Face. It's that Ryan Johnson mystery show with Natasha Leone. I've also been enjoying it. <laughs> it's so good. I fucking love this show. I don't want something, like, as standalone as Poker Face, you know? But, like, I kind of like the structure of that show where, 
you know, half of the episode is the main protagonist isn't even in it and is just the murder. And then it's always halfway through the episode where it flashes back and it's like, oh, she's been here the whole time and this is how she's going to solve the murder. So I don't know. I feel like Tales from the World of the Last of Us or something. I don't know, you know? Yeah. And the good thing about Poker Face is that there is some kind of looming presence yeah, like, that is pushing yeah, yeah, yeah. her along. Yeah. So you understand like why she can't stay in one place for too long and why the story progresses and kind of keeps pushing along. So I absolutely get it. Very lightly serialized. Yeah, yeah, I get it. If that's all, if that's our final thoughts, that will conclude this week's episode. Jeff, where can people find more of your work? You can find me on my blog at strangeharbors.com, and you can also find me on Twitter and Instagram at Strange Harbors. What about you guys? Uh, you can find me celebrating in a post-apocalypse Kansas City. How about you, Derek? You can find me at The World's Okayest Photos and Screen Agents Guild on Instagram. But if you like this podcast, the easiest way to support our podcast is to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts, whether it be Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or any other, other popular podcast apps. If you are listening to us on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, give us a great rating. It really helps to get our podcast out to more people. Yeah, if you have any questions, comments, suggestions on our episode covering episodes four and five of the first season of The Last of Us, feel free to shoot us an email. We like getting listener mail. Sometimes we read it out on the pod. So... Feel free to do that, and we will see you guys next week. See you next week, everybody. See you guys then.